0: Hi there. This is Connor Gilbertson, Public Relations Coordinator with the Region 5 Prevention Resource Center and the Alcohol and Drug Abuse Council of DPS, Texas. I wanted to let you know before we get started that this is a podcast about substance use. Sometimes we are going to talk about stories or details that may be tough and uncomfortable to hear. Our overall goal is to help people be healthier and happier. With that being said, do what you need to take care of yourself. Feel free to pause and step away if you need to. This episode will be right here when you get back. The most important thing is that you take care of yourself. Thanks. Now let's grow. Whether it's alcohol, tobacco, legal or illegal drugs, it's a fact that people from all walks of life struggle with substance use problems. That's a fact we're going to explore here on Give, Get, Grow. Throughout September, or Recovery Awareness Month, we will be talking with people who have seen the effects of substance use and recovery firsthand. They've seen heartbreak and tragedy, but they've also discovered hope and have seen that recovery is possible. These stories are from people that give, get, and grow in recovery every day. Today, we're here with Michael Henneberry. I'll kind of just give the floor to you. Uh, we'll just start off by just kind of going through your story, how you got here. Okay. Well,
1: um, I'm a recovering addict. I've used methamphetamine since the age of 15, grew up in a home with my parents separated, uh, moved around a lot in school. I had a lot of childhood issues, which then I suppressed and they became adult issues. Then I started, you know, using drugs to suppress them problems, not really knowing what I was doing to myself. In the long-term effects, and then I recently ran into a CPS case, I had my children re- removed from my home, and my wife and I she went to rehab and I didn't take it serious because I thought the, I thought everybody was against me because I, I was so far into my into my addiction and I didn't have the tools to recognize what I was going through. But then you know, upon seeing my wife while she was in addiction calling me up and telling me, "Look if you don't get sober." You know, I'm going to love you from a distance. And that started hitting home to me because here I am squandering. I was squandering my kids away, man. I was smoking them up and uh, thinking I could cut corners and just solve all my problems by myself. And all throughout my life, I, you know, I've always self-medicated on street drugs. And then I seen I seen this glow about my wife while she was in rehab. And truth be told, I was jealous of that glow that I seen. And I, I wanted I wanted it. I wanted it for myself. So when she got out of rehab, she came back home to me and... I made her promise and said, I'm I'm done. It's now my turn and I called my life coach Mike McMeans through ADAC and he was a miracle changer he'd been there for me for a whole year and uh, changed my life around he was with me in the hard times while I was yelling at him and explaining to him you know look everybody's against me CPS is against me the world is just against me and I can fix this I can fix this and that wasn't the case at all and this when I went to rehab that was you know I called Mike and I said look I'm ready I'm ready to go now so he worked some angles got me into rehab and it was the most life changing thing I've ever experienced first time in rehab. I've been to prison twice, never offered rehabilitation through that. I did all the programs in prison, but those were just, the drugs were always on reserve then, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't nothing set. I always knew that I could always go back out once I got released on my out date and fall back right into my lifestyle. And uh, you know, well, this time I went to rehab and it stuck. It was an amazing place because the rehab I went to was, it wasn't more of a one-on-one and it wasn't one of those uppity resorts either. It was, it was more on my level. Everybody there was either on probation or on parole, but I went in on my own accord. Like I could have left at any time and I was already facing my CPS case. I had been facing my CPS case seven months already and and not taking it serious. And then in rehab, I had a court hearing and that court hearing floored me because when I went in and had my hair follicle done in rehab, well, before I went to rehab, I had a hair follicle done for CPS. Well, those hair follicles came back 140,000 for amphetamines and methamphetamines. And I was already six months into my, you know, my CPS case and the the judge, the judge hit home. I was on a Zoom meeting with the judge and the judge told me, I explained to her, look, I don't have any regrets in life. I have life lessons and I'm learning. And she said, well, 140,000 is, you know, it's, that shows your actions show you don't you don't care, you know. And I explained to her, I do care. I just didn't have the skills or the knowledge to know that I, I have an addiction, a sickness, a mental sickness, a spiritual sickness, and a physical sickness. And without knowing all that, you can't fix yourself. You know, so I was I was in rehab and I went through this and the judge yelled at me and, and she told me, she said, Look, if you don't if you don't show me a miraculous change in your life, I'm gonna teach you one real hard life lesson. And that hit right after that, I lost it. You know, the, the meeting ended and I, and I wanted to leave. I, I really did. I wanted to leave the rehab because I wanted to go numb myself. That was just my natural instinct. I wanted to go numb it because that's the way I know how to, you know, I know how to numb it by, by running the street drugs, but I persevered. I prayed on it. I went to my counselor. She talked to me through it and I stayed my own accord and, and hunker down and realize the only one I would be hurting is myself and sobriety is a very selfish thing. You have to be aware of what you're doing to yourself before you can fix yourself for other people because I can't be I can't be no good to my family, my society, my mother, my family, my relationships all that all that won't fix itself. you have to fix what's inside you in order to become a better you for a better tomorrow. And so I bunkered down, and I completed my 90-day program in 36 days, because I was—I was, I believe I was touched by God. I mean, he's—he's he's amazing. He's moving Mount Hills, and all—all all, all this pending. I had a criminal charge pending that I was looking on serving life in prison on. And through my faith in God, that's recently that all that all those charges have been recently dropped, and now I'm just facing on fighting for my kids, which I'm still currently doing. I I go to I go to CPS and and I'm taking it to trial because my change in my testimony shows that I haven't used. I've been clean and sober since December 16th, and uh, that's my sober date, and I'm proud of that. And upon upon sharing my story with some of my friends that. Users and family members. They have recently quitting drugs and been sober for four four months. Watching my story and watching what I'm going through. Not having my kids here. The struggles of of not knowing what's going to happen with my children. Being away from my children. And just you know, trying to talk me through it, and me trying to persevere. And many times, you know, and not once have I ever had a thought about using to cover up any of these feelings that I'm going through or struggles I'm going through. It's all about you have to replace fear with faith, and I'm doing so because if you rely on the fear, see, the devil don't come at you when you're doing wrong. he He, he doesn't care about you because he's already got you. So why worry about you? It's when you're doing all the right things, when you're following in God's footsteps and letting and letting all your burdens be carried by him. It, having blind, having that much blind faith, knowing that there's something else out there that can walk you through it. And it's going to be okay no matter what, because he's there for you. And you don't need to run to drugs to numb it. You don't need to hustle. You don't need to go steal. You don't need to, you know, do all those criminal activities. And that's a mental sickness. You know, that's a mental sickness. That's that's a wrong way of thinking. And And the right way of thinking is bugger down to your Bible. And I'm not a big old Bible thumper. You know, I just know that my faith alone has shown me enough miracles in my life to let me know spiritually that it is okay. And i do have somebody looking out for me it will be okay no matter what the outcome no matter what trials and tribulations i'm going through he's got me you know and i've been sober rocking it before i went to rehab i got in a real bad car accident and uh it should have taken my life a tree impaled the passenger side of the car um i hit a guardrail doing 65 miles an hour coming around a curb early in the morning in a fog and uh the officer and the tow truck driver said i shouldn't have survived the wreck but i walked away with no scratches i have an angel and I, there's too many miracles happening in my life now that my, I'm closer to God and following in his footsteps through my sobriety. One, because if I was still using, my mind would still be clouded and I wouldn't be able to see the blessings coming my way to grab onto them. And ADAC, through their help, they got me to where I am now. And the counselors are amazing. Mike, Mike calls me all the time. I share my story with him. My support group is amazing. My wife, my mother. And I've just, I used for so long and now i'm 44 years old and for a long time i thought that was the norm because i grew up around it and and a lot of kids do in a broken home or you know just hard lives they they think they need to turn to the streets to self medicate to numb the pain that they're going through when really you have to you have to face all that on life's terms you can't cut corners at all there is no easy road There isn't. There can be with faith because if you have faith, the road can be paved for you and you can walk an easy road. You don't need to cut a corner if you come across a boulder or anything like that because my criminal case that was pending, it was going to take, if any of it hit or any of it stuck, I would have went to prison for life. I would have been a habitual drug user and the criminal charges that would have stuck, I would have done life. I would have done life on it. And because I had my faith and, and I'm pushing forward through God and just staying sober and knowing with a clear headed mind, a clear heart and soul that it's going to be okay. Those charges were dropped for me. And that was God himself removing that boulder in my path, just as a sign, let me know that, look, you believe in me and I will move him out. And he did. And I know through my story through this, if I just touch one person, one person that is struggling or that can relate to anything that I've said or going through that I've done my job, you know, that I've saved somebody else. And, uh, that alone is a miracle to me. And I praise God every day that I can do that, to reach out to somebody else, to let them know that I, myself, I believe in you. You know what I'm saying? I know that you can do it. You're strong enough. You're worth it. That's what it is. You're worth it. And uh, you just have to believe that, man. And, and if you do, miracles will happen because we're, we're a walking miracle. Every morning that we breathe in our first breath, when we wake up, that's a blessing. And you can't squander that because today is a present. It's a gift. Tomorrow isn't promised. So don't squander what the gift was given to you. Take it, live it to the best you can and just keep your eyes open to receive the blessings. Because if you're not, if you're, if you're looking down all the time, you're not gonna catch them blessings because you're not ready to receive them. So if you just keep your eyes open, then you'll be able to receive them. And even the minute blessings, I'm, I'm just talking about if you you know the weather's bad and you wake up and all of a sudden it's sunny, that's a blessing. You know what I'm saying? Just the minute blessings send your way, those all add up, it's all a purpose you just have to be aware enough you know to to receive them and to walk that and it's it's not an easy road let me tell you it's not an easy road it's not it's not just all cake and candy you know what i'm saying you you have to work for what you want and just getting up and having faith it's a job it's a job because i know i have an addiction still within me it's a sickness and it's a struggle every day but having faith and reading your 12 steps or your na book going to your meetings talking to your sponsors having your counselors there going to your church groups all that just doing activities outside the normal you know isolation or because that's what you do when you use drugs you isolate and you have to you have to get out of that train of thought that you know it's okay to not feel okay but if you have faith having faith gives you hope to know that it'll be better for tomorrow so all I, all I do is I, I thrive to be a better person than I was yesterday. And and as long as I keep moving in those steps, I'm, gonna, I'm a miracle.
0: I'm a miracle. That is one amazing story. This is one thing that I've enjoyed. So I've only been with ADAC for about six months. But in that time, I've learned a lot, really about every facet that we covered. But this was something that I really wanted to hammer home was to get as many voices that I can out. Because like you said, if you could just help one person see That's it. what the road to recovery could be like through your through your own road, through your own journey, it would mean the world to you. It means the world to us. So it's, it's honestly an honor to hear your story.
1: You have to break those chains of addiction. And once you do, you'll embrace a sense of freedom for the first time. Because I was never offered rehab or suggested rehab. And once you go through something like that, with the guidance and the help that knowing people out there that total strangers, Mike McMeans, BJ, Miss Linda, all the people through ADEC that have reached out to me and been, been so caring and calling to check up on me just to see how I'm doing to make sure that I'm still going down that right path just to see. Because they know you're not guaranteed, or you're guaranteed a relapse. You're not guaranteed recovery, okay? But if, if you just stay stay focused and know people out there, they they care. They care. Total Stranger's care, but you have to be willing and strong enough to reach inside yourself and just be like, I'm done. It's time. I, I'm I'm tired of I'm tired of walking this road and coming up against the same blockades over and over again. And you have to know that it's not your fault. It's the addiction that's got you's fault. And you have to break that cycle and it comes within by having faith in God. And he will, he, he will move mountains for you. You just have to believe in yourself and know that you're worth it. And you are, I believe in you. I believe in everybody out there.
0: I want to emphasize on the point that you hit with like our counselors, our RSS program. They really are there for you around the clock, Yeah. especially RSS, because where counseling kind of, you know, stops due to legality. RSS picks that up and like they, they're with you guys. I, I just thought it was incredible. The fact that these stories exist just reiterating, that's why I want to get them out because I don't feel like enough people really do understand that recovery is an option and that it does exist. That There's so much support from both ADAC as well as, you know, the community behind that fact. You you hit a lot of the questions that I was going to ask really, uh, which is good. I, I'd rather it be that way just because it, it makes everything a little bit more organic from you. Some that I would ask is just, you talked about activities a little bit, you know, what activities or hobbies do you have that, you know, help you on your journey? Well, I, I'm a, I'm a tattoo artist
1: and I'm trying to persevere and, uh, push further and, and start up my own studio because, um, I didn't, know, I didn't know I could draw until my second term down in prison. And I just had a lot of time on my hands. But I, but see, before I went to prison, I was, I was always wrapped up in drugs and, and that fast lifestyle and didn't realize that I had a gift within myself the whole time. And that was my artwork. And then when I was in prison, you know, you're sober because you have to be. You know, so I, so and then and then the hustle mentality wraps up within the art, artwork because you're, you're bringing in commissary or trading food away to get, get the artwork and then you're feeding yourself that way. So it became a job to me in there. But when I when I got out here and started tattooing out here and realizing that I'm good enough to start putting on other on other people and now they're wearing my art and what I what I'm passionate in doing, that that's amazing to me because even after I'm I'm long and gone, my artwork will still live. You know what I'm saying on these people that are way younger than me and then I'll be I consider it immortal in a way because when you pass over and you're not talked about then you're dead. But if you cross over, and the people that you've touched in your life among your among your journey those people that you've touched if you touch them well enough and you touch some part of their soul then they'll speak about you in a story well i met this guy one time and this is who he was and this is what he said he made me laugh and he just brightened my life or, or he or through his story i heard you know i was able to get clean you know and you're talked about and you're brought up that that means your spirit is still living on even after you're gone so you're still alive and so my journey is through my life now, I want to reach out and touch enough souls to where I'm constantly talked about after I'm gone. that way I'm living forever through through the word of somebody else. And that's what I'm going for. Among you know tattooing, I, I like to go fishing, so it gives me a lot of me time. I'm not very good at it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean I've, I've, I've got I live real close to the lake I, I, and I throw my pole and my 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 whole bait and lure and everything will land on the bridge that I'm trying to fish under. And it'll land on the upside of it, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I'm still trying to get the whole nick of it, but I enjoy just the me time. Instead of I'm I'm putting all that effort in that I used to spend chasing an addiction part of life and just take that whole activity of chasing that, put that type of effort into something that I enjoy doing, whether it be fishing and just having a good time, <laughs> throwing my lure around, getting it caught and everything, and then coming home and, and doing tattoo work and knowing that I'm getting paid for my tattoo work, my artwork that I'm putting on other people it's just. That's a blessing all in all itself. I'm so glad that I'm sober now. I'm so glad that I'm able to see with open eyes, with fresh eyes, you know. And my mother, she tells me how proud she is. I mean, she sees the physical change. She hears it flow out of my mouth. She's like, "You're walking. You're walking that road now," and I'm proud of you. I mean, like I said, I'm I'm 44 years old, and in my mom's eyes, I'm always her baby. So to hear my mother tell me she's proud of me at the age of 44, knowing She's she's watched me through my addictions. She's watched, she's been there, you know. And to hear me talk the way I do now and the enthusiasm that I have in my faith and my sobriety and through my support groups and my church and and the love that I have for my wife and my children, and how just how I'm driven in a more positive, you know, hindsight on life is amazing to her and she's she's one of my she's one of my biggest fans and she was an active user and through my recovery she's decided to quit she's been sober 5 months now so so i know i'm doing something right and people are watching because she decided to get sober on her own and, sh- and her, her testimony is just as strong as mine you know and she decided to get sober because she's seen me sober so i know it's a powerful movement it's just like you said it and I, and i praise what you're doing now getting my word out there because the more people we can reach and touch through word and and that's what they tell you in NA meetings, you know, you can only help your brother by sharing, you know what I'm saying? Because if somebody in the meeting can relate to you of what you're going through, they don't have to say nothing. They can be just, they can be a beginner person there just watching because I was, I was a beginner there. And the very first time I sat down, somebody else's story compelled me so much that my first meeting, I shared everything and just unloaded all that weight that was weighing me down that I really didn't know that I had. But I weeped and I and, and I sobbed and, and got that off my shoulders to total strangers that could relate to the trials and tribulations that I was dragging myself through my addiction. And we all were. I was in a room full of people with the same problems, not, not necessarily the same scenarios, but it all wound up to the, us having the same problems and that's addiction and we have to break that cycle and break that chain
0: absolutely that's probably been one of the things that i noticed whenever i first started i sat in on you know a couple groups and it was honestly great to see just the lack of a barrier that was there as far as it didn't take long whether these guys were brand new to the meeting or if they had been there for several months the thing was is that they all felt like sharing and it was just at the end of the day the judgment gets dropped because as exactly. like you said, as as you hear other people's stories, you really stop and look at it and you're like, oh, OK, so the person to my left and the person to my right have come from somewhat of a similar situation to where it all brought us here together. And yeah, it's it really- either a I needed to I needed to hear this story in order to share mine yeah. or it's just one of those you feel like you could potentially help by exactly you know, providing uh, it's a, so, call.
1: It, it's, it's really a calling. And, and, you know, like I said, God, God has guided me. I mean, he guided me. I mean, there's all my choice free free will, free will as a V as a V, but my calling was to reach out there. And I was, even in my addiction, I was preaching, you know, and telling people and, and telling people, you know, this is the wrong type of lifestyle, but my addiction, I, and I used to be make jokes about it. I used to be, you know, cause I would, I would share my story while I was high and preach out what I'm what I'm saying now but I wouldn't listen to me I wouldn't hear the words coming out of my mouth because I was deaf to it because it was my addiction, but I was telling other people and other people were getting sober on me. And I was like, you know, I'd catch them maybe a year or two later and they're like, hey, Mike, you you know, what's going on in your life? So I was like, well, no, you know, I'm still doing whatever I'm doing, you know? And they're like, well, because of you, I got sober. You know what I'm saying? I was like, what? I mean, I was like, well, and they're like, yeah, man, you really should listen to what you preach because, you know, you, your words are powerful. And I would joke about it. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I never hear what I say. I just talk, you know? And, and now through sobriety, I hear what I'm saying. And which only strengthens me even more and makes me more stronger and lets me know that the faith that i have is real and the blessings i'm seeing are real and with the realism of it all it's amazing it's truly truly amazing and i want to be able not to be one of those parents out there and i'm fighting for my kids and i want to be i want them to grow up knowing that i didn't squander them away and have them loathe me when they get older but to know that their father cared enough to get sober and and I want them to know and learn from me and love me for it. you know what I'm saying and i want I wanna be a hero in their eyes again and uh I still am you know my daughter lights up every time she talks to me. I have two little babies i have a I have a four year old daughter i have a I have a two year old son and a nine month old son. and I started all the way over because those aren't those aren't my first kids. I also have a twenty one year old son. A 20-year-old son and a 19-year-old son. So I started all the way over at the age of 40. Had three more babies, and now now here we are. And I'm fighting. And you know, those are his children. Those are God's children. And God God doesn't want you doing wrong with His children. You know what I'm saying? You're supposed to guide them down the path to the righteous road to to lead it back to Him. And when I was doing drugs, it was the it was I was doing everything wrong because the devil had me. So he said, "You know what? I'm going to make you work for your kids, and you're going to show me that." You, it's not just word of mouth, because everybody's got a mouth, you know what I'm saying? Everybody can say a bunch of things that sound real good, but you have to have that motivation and the action behind it to, to, to follow through. And if you ain't got that action to follow through, then you're just talking. What advice, and I know you've
0: already kind of hit on it, but just what advice would you give to those that are, you know, either struggling with substance use or, you know, hesitant to seek treatment?
1: It, every day is a new day. It's never, don't give up. Don't give up on yourself. Always know yourself worth, and every day is a new day. You can change your future, but you can't change your past. So if you're blessed with the breath in the morning, live that day to the fullest and know there's people out there, adax out there, there's other resources out there. there's rehabs there's there's numbers you can call to get the help that you need, and don't have fear. Replace fear with faith. and if you do that, you'll the blessings will come, man and and just know that we love you
0: and and sobriety is there for you there is hope for you you're worth it definitely i appreciate your time honored and thankful that i was able to get well, you on here and share your story yeah uh, thank you so much for letting me thank very you very powerful message thank really. you so much for having me if you or someone you know needs help with a substance use issue or concern or if you just want more information you can call the Alcohol and Drug Abuse Council of DP's Texas 24 7 at 1 800 445 8562. Give, Get, Grow is a production by the Alcohol and Drug Abuse Council of DP's Texas and the Region 5 Prevention Resource Center. We serve Angelina, Hardin, Houston, Jasper, Jefferson, Nacogdoches, Newton, Orange, Polk, Sabine, San Augustine, San Jacinto, Shelby, Trinity, and Tyler counties. Where we offer prevention, intervention, and treatment programs and services. The Prevention Resource Center has a ton of information about the region available for free as a part of its mission. For more information, visit adacdet.org/prc5. That's A D A C D E T dot o-r-g slash p-r-c-5 thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with our latest episodes follow adac on facebook at a-d-a-c-d-e-t and on instagram at a-d-a-c underscore d-e-t thank you for joining us be safe and take care of yourself we'll see you next time here on give get grow